Hello, fantasy friends. I'm Scott Cullen, host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your next order. Today, we'll look at the top 10 hitters in fantasy to see what's real and what isn't. Some injury updates, look at Tuesday's stars, and some DFS tips for Wednesday. So let's start with the top 10 fantasy hitters and find out what is real and what isn't. Number one fantasy hitter is San Diego Padres shortstop Fernando Tatis Jr. I was confident that there would be some regression in Tatis Jr.'s game after he had a 410 batting average on balls in play as a rookie last season. And his batting average on balls in play has dropped to 345. But he's still hitting 310. Instead of a home run fly ball rate of 31.9%, it has jumped to 39.3%. I stand by the position that his home run rate must slow down because 11 in 25 games with that home run fly ball rate is preposterous. But he's a star. He's going to put up big numbers like a star. He leads the National League in runs, home runs, RBIs, and is tied for the lead in stolen bases. Number two fantasy hitter is newly acquired Dodgers outfielder Mookie Betts. As great as Betts has been this season, it's not even off the charts kind of production for him. It's not even as amazing as his 2018 season. And it's not like his percentages are out of whack. He has a 278 batting average on balls in play, so that should get better. Uh, his home run fly ball rate is a career high 23.1%, and so that should regress. But he's rocking career highs in fly ball rate, which is 48.1%, and hard hit rate, 55.6%. So the most reasonable outcome for bets is probably that his home run pace slows down a little, but his batting average might have room to climb. A surprise entrant here in the top 10, as high as number 3, is Orioles outfielder Anthony Santander. Leads the American League with 20 runs scored and 25 RBIs. He's hitting 298 despite a 260 batting average on balls in play, and he has 9 home runs thanks to 24.3% home run fly ball rate. Again, his average could probably improve a bit with some regression coming in his home run rate, but Santander's key has really been a decline in strikeouts. Strikeout rate last season was 21.2%, down to 12.1% this season, and he's not sacrificing any hard contact in the process. Tampa Bay second baseman Brandon Lau is tied with Santander for the American League lead with 20 runs scored, and leads the American League with a 759 slugging and 1168 OPS. Lau does have a 377 batting average on balls in play, which should come down, but he also had a 377 batting average on balls in play last season, so it might be reasonable to believe that he can be at least above average in this regard. Lau's home run fly ball rate is 26, 27.6%, and that's a little high, but his barrel rate this year of 23% is far outpacing what he has done previously in his career. I like Lau as a breakthrough player this year, so I like seeing these results, but I'm still a little bit skeptical that this can carry on, even through a shortened 60-game season. Rockies shortstop Trevor Story is one of the most productive hitting shortstops in the game. He's hitting even better this season than in years past, but not by some obscene amount. He's almost always making solid contact. Just 7.8% of his hits are considered soft hits. Uh, That may be due for some regression because his career mark there is 12.2%, but it's not enough to expect some dramatic change in Story's production. 40-year-old Twins DH Nelson Cruz, he can still rake, but he does have a 404 batting average on balls in play, leading to a 337 batting average, so that's going to come down. His home run fly ball rate of 44.4% is lofty, even for a perennial 40 home run hitter. Cruz's barrel rate and hard hit percentage were both higher last season, so expect Cruz's average and home run pace to slow down from what they are right now. 
Rockies outfielder Charlie Blackman is hitting 429. He's 39 for 91. So immediately, it looks a little suspicious. His batting average on balls in play is 480. While he's above average typically, his career batting average on balls in play is 340, uh, we have to expect it to come down, uh, especially when his barrel percentage and hard hit rate were both better last season. The best player on the planet, Angels outfielder Mike Trout, leads the American League with 10 home runs, and he has a 1039 OPS, which is lower than his OPS in the previous three seasons. His production is about as real as it gets, and with a 265 batting average on balls in play, Trout's average should improve. At the same time, his home run fly ball rate of 37% is a tad lofty. He's at 21.7% for his career, so maybe he won't continue on the pace of hitting a home run every two games. Even though Philly's outfielder Bryce Harper tends to hit the ball hard, Harper's 386 batting average on balls in play is going to be difficult to maintain, so expect his 367 batting average to come down. The curious part of Harper's value is that he has stolen four bases in four attempts in 18 games. For his career, Harper would average about 1.5 stolen bases per 18 games, so he seems to be running a little bit more. And the last in our top 10 of fantasy hitters so far this season, Mike Yastrzemski, the outfielder for the San Francisco Giants, a 29-year-old who didn't reach the majors until last year. Yaz is a, pr- a surprise in the top 10. He's riding a high batting average on balls in play of 361, but the key to his success and the key to his staying on top of the Giants lineup is that his walk rate has jumped to 18.2%. Yastrzemski is hyper-selective at the plate, and the results have been great. And as surprising as they are, I would expect his batting average to come down, but the rest of Yastrzemski's production to remain. Some honorable mentions just outside the top 10. Nationals outfielder Juan Soto, who missed the first couple of weeks. Otherwise, he'd probably be a lock to be in there. Uh, Yankees outfielder Aaron Judge, who's on the injured list now, and he he was in the top 10 before getting hurt. Uh, Mariners outfielder Kyle Lewis, who's busting out in a big way after having some small sample success late last season. Uh, Braves shortstop Dansby Swanson. I was skeptical of him as a breakthrough candidate uh, coming into this season, but uh, it appears I whiffed on that one. Uh, and Philly's catcher, JT Real Muto, the best catcher on the board, uh, who's added even more power to his game this season. So coming up next, some injury updates, a look at Tuesday's stars, and maybe a few DFS tips before we go. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have a bunch of great flavors. My favorites are the peanut butter chocolate and salted caramel. But they're all low-fat, low-carb, high-protein, all in a convenient bar. I've been trying to shed quarantine pounds at a boot camp for the past couple of months, and I'm having a little bit of success. But I leaned into it with Built Bar after my workouts to give my muscles the protein boost they needed. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to save $10 off your next order. And enjoy the best protein bar on the planet. So let's take a look at some injury updates, and the news isn't good. We'll start with Blue Jays starting pitcher Nate Pearson, who's hanging to the injured list with uh, elbow tightness. Long term, this is a big concern. The the Blue Jays are basically hitching their franchise wagon to Pearson as the ace of the pitching staff. So they'll have to hope that elbow tightness doesn't lead to to something bigger and and something that rhymes with uh, yummy yawn surgery. (laughs) Short term, Uh, The Jays may need to try Jake Wegsback, Shun Yamaguchi, or maybe Sam Gavilio to fill in. But, uh, you know, fingers crossed uh, in Toronto that Nate Pearson uh, isn't injured uh, long term. Uh, Blue Jays' DH Rowdy Tellez is in concussion protocol. 
uh, right now. And so Brandon Drury could see a few more at-bats at in Tellez's absence. Astros DH Jordan Alvarez is back on the injured list with knee trouble. This is a big loss for the Astros because Alvarez had missed a bunch of time because of the a coronavirus positive test uh, this summer. And so now that he's out of the lineup, Abraham Toro has been the DH for the past three games for Houston. He's worth a look. He's just four for 34 this season. So you'll be forgiven for, for ignoring him, but Toro did hit 324 with a 938 OPS in double and triple a last season. Uh, if he kind of gets up to speed, uh, he could turn into a productive bat. Uh, Padres left fielder, Tommy Pham has a broken hamate bone. He's four to six weeks on the injured list. Uh, Jerickson Profar has moved to left field uh, from second base. That opens up a spot at second for rookie Jake Cronenworth. Uh, Yankees closer, Araldus Chapman, made his first appearance, uh, and he takes over closing duties from Zach Britton. Uh, White Sox catcher Yasmani Grandel is dealing with a back injury, and that will mean more reps uh, for James McCann. And, you know, McCann isn't great, but if you need a second catcher or a backup, uh, he's probably uh, serviceable in that, in that regard. Uh, also with the White Sox, outfielder Adam Engel is on the, the COVID-19 injured list, but he's uh, the fourth outfielder for the White Sox right now and, and not a great bat even when he is in the lineup, so uh, not a huge concern. Braves outfielder Nick Marcakis is on the uh, COVID-19 injured list, which will lure Marcelo Zuna in, into the outfield from the DH spot, uh, making room at DH for Matt Adams uh, to move in and play a little more regularly, at least while Marcakis is out. So let's take a look at some of the stars from Tuesday night. Uh, starting with Chicago White Stop shortstop Tim Anderson. Uh, went four for five, scored three runs, had three RBIs, and a leadoff home run uh, in a 10-4 win against Detroit. Uh, Anderson's one of the, you know, maybe not an elite producer at shortstop, but he's certainly on an upper tier. And uh, him taking advantage of uh, Detroit's rookie pitcher Tariq Skubal right off the start, and then uh, other Detroit pitchers for the rest of the day, uh, not a huge surprise. Uh, Colorado Rockies pitcher Antonio Senzatella had eight strong innings, uh, giving up three hits, no walks, no runs, struck out six in a 2-1 loss at Houston. Uh, losing to Houston pitcher Zach Greinke, who went eight innings, uh, he had three hits, no walks, no runs, uh, struck out seven uh, in the 2-1 win. Senzatella had an awful season in 2019, but has, has rebounded this year. Uh, he's not a huge strikeout guy, uh, but very effective. Uh, Greinke, uh, is obviously the de facto ace of the Houston staff with Justin Verlander out and uh, delivered a performance uh, worthy of that status. Arizona shortstop Nick Ahmed was three for five with one run scored and five RBIs and a 10-1 win against Oakland. Uh, not typical production from Ahmed, who's you know a good glove and, and maybe solid offensively, but not usually a big, big bat in the lineup. Uh, Cleveland first baseman Carlos Santana was two for five, scored a run, drove in five in a 6-3 win at Pittsburgh. Minnesota starting pitcher Kenta Maeda went eight innings, gave up just one hit, two walks, one runs uh, allowed, uh, in a, and struck out 12 in a 4-3 win against Milwaukee. Uh, that's obviously a, a really encouraging sign for Minnesota. Uh, you know, Maeda was a nice acquisition for them in the offseason and, and add some stability to their rotation uh, and maybe even a little more st- than stability when you're getting uh, a one-hitter with 12 strikeouts over eight innings. Los Angeles Dodgers starter Tony Gonsolin went six innings, gave up just two hits, no walks, no runs, struck out only three uh, in a 2-1 win against Seattle. Uh, again, those aren't huge strikeout numbers, but the rest of them are pretty impressive. And one more would be New York Mets center fielder Brandon Nimmo. It's three for five with one run scored, two RBIs, 
uh, in an 8-3 win at Miami. Uh, so let's shift uh, to a couple daily fantasy recommendations for Wednesday. And we'll start with Giants pitcher Johnny Cueto, just $5,600 against the LA Angels. I don't love the lineup of pitchers today. And while Cueto's ERA of 4.62 is rather high, his 1.18 whip isn't bad, and the Angels lineup has, you know, aside from Trout, um, has not been great. And so, you know, maybe an opportunity to catch some value here with Cueto at a really bargain basement price. Uh, Washington National second baseman Luis Garcia is just $2,300 at the Atlanta Braves and Kyle Wright. Garcia is just 20 years old and has started his major league career. He's 6 for 17 with a home run. Uh, And so... You know, at that price, if Garcia isn't uh, overwhelmed by the moment uh, moving into the major leagues and so far so good, uh, then, you know, maybe you get a really good value uh, against uh, Wright, who is uh, at the back end of the Braves rotation. Seattle third baseman Kyle Seeger, $3,700 at the LA Dodgers and Julio Urias. Seager's off to a really nice start this year. He has 21 RBIs and a 916 OPS in 25 games. Uh, Urias is obviously a very good starter for the Dodgers, uh, but he's a left-hander, and and Seager tends to fare a little better against left-handed starters than right-handed starters. So uh, considering that and his start to the season, Seager at a a discount price seems worthwhile. Uh, One more, New York Mets uh, first baseman slash outfielder Dominic Smith uh, at Miami and Pablo Lopez. Smith has an 11.35 OPS this season. He's really on a, a good run right now. And as well as Lopez has pitched, and Lopez has a 2.25 ERA through three starts, uh, Smith is still nice value at that price. So that'll do it for today. I'll be back tomorrow with more fantasy baseball news. Send me your questions. I'm at by Scott Cullen on Twitter. The show is at LO underscore fantasy MLB on Twitter. If you want to fire off an email, direct it to lockdownfantasybaseball at gmail.com. Find us and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On Baseball. Stay safe and stay locked in with Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily source for fantasy news and analysis. 